0: All right, everybody, welcome to this week's wrestling episode of Fat Out from Touchdown. As always, it's your guy, Billy Rye, back at it again, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day presented by Anchor Podcast. Remember to go like and subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you can your podcast to help people find the show. Uh, Real quick reminder where you can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Tapouts and TVs, On Facebook, Tapouts and Touchdowns, and email to the show, tapoutsandtouchdowns at gmail.com. Everybody, uh, as every wrestling show that we've had in Season 3, please give a warm welcome to Tapouts and Touchdowns Wrestling Correspondent,
1: PJ Steven, joining us once again. PJ, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty good. I timed that really well. In the middle of your little thing there, I forgot that I did not have alcohol, and that is required for this podcast, so I literally sat down as I opened that beer. I am stoked to get into this, man. This was one of the coolest pay-per-views we've seen in a long time. Uh, It was Every match was explosive, Uh, just tremendous stuff here. Can't wait to give it to you. Of course, what we're giving you guys is... Full gear from AEW uh, this past couple of days that it's been. So it's super fresh in our minds. We've got great notes for you. And, I mean, I, off the top of your head, boy, how fucking great was the show?
0: It was great. Before I, I talked about how great the show was, you talked about getting your alcohol. Uh, your guy is no longer fully rye. He's bougie rye tonight. You can't see it, uh, but I'm drinking a smoothie from Tropical Smoothie Cafe. So um, so we got bougie rye here with PJ Steven. Oh my God.
1: Is there is there booze in it?
0: Uh, there can be. We'll we'll talk after the show. Maybe I'll throw something There you there. go.
1: I'm drinking New Belgium uh, Accumulation. Accumulation. It's a winter hazy IPA. Really, really good stuff here. Uh, it's not it's not a strong IPA to where like IPAs become my personality, but like it's a really good beer. And New Belgium makes tremendous stuff. They actually make my favorite beer in the world, which is uh, 1554. And uh, I love that beer very much.
0: Yeah, no, good stuff. But getting back to it, yes, this show, I could not look away. Uh, The show from start to finish was phenomenal. Uh, Some behind the scenes, I generally take notes during the pay-per-view. So as the matches go, um, I'm jotting notes on a notepad on my phone. When I got to the main event, for whatever reason, I felt that with – the, the quality of the show. I felt like the main event deserved my respect to not take notes while watching it. So I watched the main event and then I went back and watched it again so that I could take notes. That's how good this pay-per-view was. And I can't remember the last time I saw a pair per you, that I can say that about, and, you know, if, if there's people in, in, in our, in our Facebook group, Suplex city that, that are going to make a comment about, you know, AEW, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I love SummerSlam and I, you know, we, we talked about it. We reviewed it on the show. My favorite match was, was Seamus. And, uh, uh, now I can't say his name, Damian Priest. Um, and so there were some really good stuff on that show and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed being there live for it and everything else. This was, uh, our, our friends, Joe and Jordan were at this show. And, yes, they uh, were. And I'm sort of, I'm sort of jealous because this was, this was a phenomenal show. Um, Taking place on November the 13th, 2021, out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, AEW Full Gear. Uh, it started off with a bang, PJ. Uh, our opening match, Darby Allen versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. PJ, why don't you start us off here? How did you feel about the opening match here at AEW Full Gear 2021?
1: So I got to mention real quick. We actually had a dark match here um, and I want to mention it because it was a really good contest uh, and it was uh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa with Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. Um, great, great match. 12, 12, 13 minute match. Uh, and you would get Sheeta and Thunder Rosa to get the win there, but <clears throat> it just goes to show um, just how great the women's division is on AEW. And I stand by it. And I'll stand by it again, that, um, the variety, the, um, the diversity of this women's division is just bar none compared to WWE's. WWE's is good, but you got maybe one or two key players, maybe four, and AEW, almost every woman can be and is a main, main player, so I really respect that. Uh, so I just had to throw in that little two cents. However, MJF and Darby Allen great match, man. Uh, what we're doing here is we have established the four pillars of AEW and it was, it's MJF, Darby Allen, jungle boy, and it's Sammy Guevara. So I get what what we're doing here is we're establishing the four pillars of AEW is what they've been talking about. Uh, so you have Sammy Guevara, MJF, Darby Allen, and you have jungle boy. Um, and I think that's a great, Great start, honestly. Those are four terrific uh, primetime players. Uh, MJF has beaten uh, two of those, I believe. So now he's looking to try and defeat all of them. Uh, and he does here with Darby Allen. Uh, 22 minutes and uh, six seconds, we get MJF going, uh, going over uh, with Darby Allen. Great, great opening match, man. Uh, I love the little. I guess you could say the um, little movies that Darby Allen will do before matches, big time matches. And this one was really, really fun as a homage to the car accident that he had with his uncle, which made him feel like he is half a man since he has half of his face place or face painted Uh, good stuff here. I love the coffin drop onto the apron. I cringe every time I see it. Darby Allen can fucking get away with any of that shit. He also, in my opinion, has the best suicide dive in the business right now. And that's a move that is super, super, um, saturated. And it still is really uh killer here with, um, with Darby Allen. Uh, we get, uh, Darby Allen kicking, um, uh, MJF's knee out here, uh, tried to hit a code reds countered into a hell of a power bomb. Uh, I love MJF selling the knee here. He is just a terrific talent. And again, uh, one of the best heels in the business. The finish to me was a little strange. Um, I didn't love it. Uh, but it was still a way to get MJF over as a heel and still keep Darby on just a little strong. Um, but I, I really did enjoy this match, man. I gave this match three and a half stars.
0: Yeah. uh, I know you enjoyed the video package. I didn't. I understand the story behind it. Excalibur explained it on commentary. Still wasn't a fan, but um, as I've mentioned on the show before, I'm not a big uh, uh, proponent of Darby Allen, whatever the word is you want to use. Really great back and forth, however, uh, in this match specifically at the start. Uh, You mentioned the suicide dive. Uh, That suicide dive that he hit over the bottom rope, so in between we generally see like in between the middle and the top rope. This is between the middle and the bottom rope and like full force shoulder and the collarbone into MJF. What a really yeah. good spot. Love that. You already mentioned the coffin drop to the apron. Uh, always scary to me, too. Um, I thought we were going to see a top rope tombstone. When, uh, Dude, <laughs> when I,
1: I thought so too. And I was going to mark
0: the fuck oh, out. yeah. Man. We did get the tombstone, but it was to the apron instead. Uh before that, that tombstone to the apron. Um we uh we did get that power bomb you mentioned as a power bomb as a power bomb backbreaker combo. He he yeah. hit the power bomb and stuck his knee out. Like you said, that's when he started selling the knee. Um great fast-paced pinning back and forth. That rolling cradle spot they had where they just rolled around the ring trying to cradle each other. Um was a really, really fun spot. Uh, i you know, you mentioned the finish. Uh MJF will pull out his, his ring, uh hit Darby Allen. Uh, the the story was that he could beat Darby Allen with a head a headlock takeover. Yeah, that's that's what he that's how he finishes. I gave this match four and a half stars. I really yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this match.
1: You know, and I love the catch as catch can that we're seeing here, man. It's just so back and forth. And let me be honest. Let me let me be clear. A lot of the people who are complaining that AEW is just using WWE stars. Um, none of these men, none of these athletes, none of these wrestlers right here are WWE stars their stars being made right here in AEW. And if that's the kind of shit that we're going to be seeing from these gentlemen, then AEW is going a long way. And I know we've said that for a long time, but this is their opening match here. Yep. Tremendous stuff. We also have a great, which I think is definitely an, an Eddie Guerrero homage here with MJF just lying, cheating and stealing, using sleight of hand with that skateboard. So you will pull out his ring and deck uh, Darby Allen. Really, really enjoyed it, man. I should have maybe got it higher than three and a half stars, but I didn't want to make – because almost every match on this card is at least like three and a half up, and I didn't want to do too many four stars. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray Phoenix to me is one of the most talented members of that roster. Uh, I think he could have a singles career if he really had maybe the promo skill and had the uh, charisma behind him. I've never seen him do solo, so you never know. But um the guy can work just – incredibly so i'm really I'm pretty, happy to see this
0: i'm pretty sure he has better he speaks better english than pentagon pentagon jr known as in AEW as pentagon or pinta el santo Miedo, uh but nevertheless he does have he does have better english skills than his brother pinta um uh, but yeah like you said you know like we both mentioned setting up for another rematch down the line between ftr and the lucha brothers now having said that ftr obviously formerly the revival uh, that's not what that, what that stands for, uh, yeah. but this, we were talking about former WWE talent, these guys were WWE talent, but refused uh, to be the, the gimmicky tag team that they were pitched to be on their way out the door in WWE, uh, but still putting on, I mean, people did not hate on FTR until they left WWE, which is, which is unfair to them, because I agree, a man. classic tag team.
1: I agree, FTR, uh, the revival, you know, uh, Dash Walter, dude, those guys are just terrific talent and great wrestlers. Like, oh, yeah, I, they should. <laughs> and we've talked about this before. Like, it's just, you know, you know, it's like when that's just, this is why, and I know you do your football podcast, I'm not shitting on that, <clears throat> but this is why sometimes I hate sports because you can love. You can you know, you don't really when you love a team, you don't love the team. You love the team's t-shirts, you love the team's jerseys. Cause if that wide receiver goes to another team, now you hate that guy. Yeah. And you just loved him a week ago. Different shirt. Boo. You're wearing a different shirt. And this is the same shit. You went to a different company to better yourself and to work for more for money. Boo. Fuck you. It's just so fucking tedious to me. And I'm going on a tangent here and I'm I'm not. And I, no, and I'm fine, it, no, I'm fine it makes
0: it. it makes total sense. I'm, I, but like, I, where's I,
1: where am I? Where am I wrong here? It's just so weird to me the no. way that people it can be so fickle and just shit on something so amazing. It's so great to be a wrestling fan right now, but cucks still have some sort of reason to shit on it, and it's weird to me. By the way, that's well, not a that's not a cuck shame. By the way, I know some people are into that. I'm not, but you know.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned you know I you mentioned you, if a player goes to a different team. All of a sudden you're not rooting for that player anymore. Yeah, no, the Panthers just re-signed Cam Newton, a player that I'm not a fan of. I rooted for the Panthers all year, and now I have to stay consistent and root against them again because Cam Newton is back playing for Carolina and the Detroit Lions are oh eight and one on the season. So that's whatever it is. They're 0 for they don't have a win, but but now they, they didn't lose last week. So um, really good, really good sports year for me. Not
1: that you is, is Cam Newton the quarterback? Yeah, yeah. So, what if he came back as the kicker? Would would that matter? He would. I mean, it it doesn't work that way. (laughs)
0: Okay. I don't know.
1: Do you know now? Now, our audience understands why I don't do the football podcast. I don't know shit about sports. I don't know shit about sports.
0: That's so funny. Well, let's transition. FTR, former WWE stars. Let's uh, transition into the next match with another uh, set of former WWE stars. But this match. Uh, was to finish the AEW World Championship Tournament, a uh, number one contender uh, tournament, the number one contenders match for the AEW World Championship. Miro, formerly known as Rusev in WWE, taking on Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, formerly known as Daniel Bryan. So we get Rusev versus Daniel Bryan for the number one contenders uh, spot here in AEW. I started us off with the tag team match. You start us off with the number one contenders match, PJ. How'd you feel about the Miro versus Brian Danielson
1: here on AEW Full Year? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, listen, I will true, I will uh, cheer for Brian Danielson to the day I die. I oh yeah, me yes. too. I will yes for him. I will no. I don't care. I uh, I love me the American Dragon. I've said this before. I've loved his career ever since Ring of Honor. Ever since any, I mean. He's just terrific. Uh, I'm giggling to myself thinking about JR saying Daniel Bryan and him kicking himself, going like, damn it, that's not it.
0: <laughs> CM I mean, Punk did it
1: once too. CM yeah, Punk did it on
0: commentary and he said, JR, I'm just trying to prove that you're not the only one that does it. Yep. Yeah, there it's you go. Great,
1: we're telling a great story here. The psychology in this match is just tremendous. Um, it's not the; it is a stiff match, by the way, and it's not as fast-paced as I thought it was going to be. Miro yeah. does a great job of slowing the match down uh, and really, and really telling a story for his kind of match. We go 20 minutes here; they get plenty of time. And yes, this is the uh, tournament final for the uh, or the the final for the Eliminator Tournament. Uh, the winner will receive a future AEW World Title match. Uh, so that's just awesome. And we get. Our boy Brian, or Daniel. Ah, I almost did it. Yeah, uh, Brian yeah, Danielson uh, getting the win here um with a he reverses into a, t- a tornado DDT, sets up a guillotine choke for the win right at 20 minutes. It was very abrupt, yes. but it worked, and it was and it was logical, which I did enjoy because when you can add logic to this pro wrestling shit you get me hard because it's impossible <laughs> to do almost it's impossible to do almost. And look who did it. Mr. Brian Danielson. Um, it, 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 they described it. The commentator described it as a struggle between both these men. And I oh, yeah. feel that, you know, Miro struggling, his character struggling with him being God's champion and, and things like that. Brian uh, Danielson struggling with defeating this monster, uh, to earn his way to the AEW world champion. Um, I loved it, man. I really did love this match. I gave this match four and a half stars. I could have given it five, and I wouldn't have batted a fucking eye. Loved this match. And just the, just the amount of, again, just the amount of psychology they threw in here was just really, really good stuff here. Loved it.
0: So real quick, did I miss the story about the bandage on Miro's leg? I noticed it about halfway through the match, and I'm like, wait a minute. Where did that come from? Because I don't remember it. Um, uh,
1: he got, he got stung by a jellyfish.
0: Okay. Is that that's real life? That's that's a shoot. No, no, no,
1: no, it's not okay. real life. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I um I I don't know what yeah. happened.
0: I I would I would have bought it if you had said that's a shoot, man. I would have taken it. Um it's a shoot, man. Let me uh, shoot from the hip. No, uh, I'm with you. Pretty solid ha- match, some really good ha- ha- Have
1: you ever been have you ever been stung by jellyfish?
0: No, I had a buddy who had one wrap around his wrist and get his whole wrist looked like he'd been dragged behind a truck.
1: It sucks, dude. I got I've gotten stung on my thigh before, and oh, yeah. like I, I I didn't have anyone pee on me, but and then I remember my my marine bio teacher, he was surfing and he was um, going into the wave and he came when he was coming up, he had his eyes open and oh, a jellyfish no. like hit him in the hit him in the face,
0: and, like oh, yeah. stung his eyeballs. I mean, there are people that enjoy uh, the. The being peed on without having the jellyfish stink, but let's, let's-
1: that's true. I that you're, yeah, that's true. That that was just a thing at return to, or welcome to Rockville. That band Brass Against, she called someone on stage and pissed on him. Did you hear about that? Uh, no, no, I don't think we need to spend any more
0: time on this. Not- oh, no, no, no,
1: I feel like I do remember you, I do remember saying, seeing
0: an article about it. Yeah, no, but
1: it's bad. I think it's badass,
0: man. Like, you don't Listen, see that in rock and roll anymore. Like a good golden shower. We saw some really good vintage Daniel Bryan spots here. Um, and I, I deliberately called him Daniel Bryan, uh, good power spots by Miro, both really doing solid selling for each other and just telling a great story. You mentioned it was a slower pace than the first two matches. Uh, but to keep the crowd alive for the entire show, you're going to have to have it slow down at some point. Uh, obviously this is the eliminator final, the number one contenders match, if you will, uh, which, uh, made the match <laughs> feel important. Um, a huge Brian Mark, as you mentioned, um, you know, as big of a market as, as I am for him, some of his stuff is starting to get repetitive, like the like the like the uh, the John Cena five moves of Doom. Uh, I'm starting to see that with Daniel Bryan. Uh, however, he is able to to sell better than Cena. He's able to uh, to to work okay. better than Cena.
1: Um, I almost I I almost I almost went off there, but no, you backpedaled no, a little, yeah, little bit, so I'm yeah. happy about it.
0: No, it, we'll get we'll get the Cena here later in the show. Not that he's here, uh, but I digress. Um, Oh, good, good point. Yeah. I yeah. was
1: wondering what the hell you were talking about, but yeah. 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 You're
0: right. uh, yeah. The camel clutch, uh, I forgot what they called it. The game over uh, by by Miro to, to Brian Danielson looked really painful, um, but Brian still gets the escape. Loved the hell lock sequence or the label lock sequence, I should say. Uh, but a weak triangle choke hold, uh, I, I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of the triangle choke in pro wrestling. Um, and it was really weak here because he's just He's a smaller guy, and Miro's a bigger dude. They kept they said it a few times in the commentary. 280 pounds of, of uh, brick shithouse, if you will. Um, I, again, strongman Miro gimmick. He's, he, he sort of hulks up as Daniel Bryan starts to beat on him a little bit in the match. The finish, like you said, came out of nowhere. Um, I love that he's a submission specialist and really using to his full advantage here in AEW. Not much of a pop for the finish, similar to the tag team match before this. Not a big pop for the finish, maybe because it was so abrupt. I gave this match three and a half stars. Uh, not as high as you were, uh, but I did enjoy it. And again, it's, uh, you know, it's Brian Danielson, so I'm going to mark out whenever he's on the screen. However, I was surprised that there was no replay of the finish of this match and no preview leading into the next match. It, it felt like they were sort of worried about time.
1: I think, uh, they, I, th- I think they were. They When you look at this stacked card – The one thing that was running through my mind, honestly, and that's just someone who has nothing to do with the show, I was still like, God, they got to move. They got to move, move, move. And you could see that in a lot of transitions. So I I do agree with you. I think it had to have been time.
0: Yep. And so it leads us right into the next match. We didn't get much of a break here. We get the Super Elite, uh, which is a team consisting of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, taking on Lucha Express, uh, the team of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, along with Christian Cage. Uh, You know, I... Since you started us off with the last match, I'll start us off here. Uh, you know, I realized uh, halfway through the match, it might have been when the latter came involved. Um, we've gotten to see uh, Hardy Boys versus uh, Young Bucks. We have never gotten to see an Edge and Christians versus Young Bucks, and I sort of kind of want to see that match at some point, even though Edge will never leave WWE. Uh, but, but I digress. Uh, going to this match this is a false count anywhere's match. Uh, and it went all over, uh, all over the ramp, all over the, the entryway, uh, all over the arena. Um, you know, there was there was a time in this match where we saw someone hit a move, face the front camera, face the crowd of gloat, and they hit hit from the side or hit from behind. Saw it four times in the first five minutes or so of this match. It sort of felt repetitive and, and unnecessary, but here we are. Um, obviously, uh, you're you're gonna. We sort of have to do something different to keep the crowd into it. And so we got that repetitiveness here. Um, man, what a Frankensteiner through the table. And then right afterwards, an elbow drop through another one on the outside. Really fun stuff here. All these guys know how to work. Even an old Christian cage can work. Um, however, there was sort of a shitty uh, tornado DDT from Christian to uh, one of the young bucks on the ladder that, that really got more of Christian than it did, uh, did the young bucks. Jungle Boy hit a snap chair submission on the top of the ramp. Uh, the the snap—what I say—the snap mirror, the snare trap submission. Easy for me to say on, on the top of the ramp, uh, man. It was so—I so, love the submission, man. It's a combination of like a almost like a figure four or a sharpshooter with an STF. Just a really, really pretty submission move. Um, you know, we get a we get a, a kind of a shock and awe moment. Uh, Adam Cole brings out a bag where you're going to see some thumbtacks, but no, it's spiked knee pads. Kind of. Uh, bedazzled with thumbtacks, uh, pulling out everything to win this match. we got a spot of the night nominee, Luchasaurus, a standing shooting star press off of the entryway to the floor. What a fun spot. Luchasaurus is not a small guy. Really big uh, Jungle Boy and Lucha. Uh, I, I think they should have been uh, tag team champions by now. Um, these guys can really be stars. Uh, I haven't really seen Luchasaurus do a whole lot of talking, I gave this match three and a half stars. You get the Lucha Express and Christian Cage getting the win here. Uh, PJ, I know you had something to say uh, about, uh, about the entrance here of uh, Lucha Express. (laughs) Um, But besides that, you know, go ahead, and give me your thoughts on that and the, uh, the actual match itself here. Lucha, Lucha Express, Christian Cage and the super
1: elite. So, um, you know, I think this match was incredible, by the way, 22 minutes. Uh, just all over the place. I love Christian doing that crossbody. I mean, the you talk about the Luchasaurus Shooting Star Press. It was almost as good as uh, Billy Kidman Shooting Star Press. But I digress. Um, I lo- I hated the thumb knee pad. Yeah. I thought it was silly. Um, I thought, <laughs> yeah, it, it it was silly. But you're talking to someone who who I, and I, I get shit on for this all the time. I think the Young Bucks are, the, are one of the most overrated tag teams. In current, past, I they're not for me. Uh, they they mind. do too much
0: of the flippy flippy stuff.
1: <laughs> I don't mind the flippy flippy stuff. I mind the super kick every five seconds. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I mind. I, I can't stand that. I think they're talented. They're great talent, and they're a hell of an athlete. So I'm not going out there doing that shit. I'm just saying I'm not. i I'm, I'm, I'm never really impressed by them at all. That being said, this match was insane, and they definitely added to it. Uh, Luchasaurus is the future champion, man. Um, in a year, maybe sooner, that fucker should hold that world belt. Um, and I think I think Jungle Boy should be the same eventually as well. But man, what a what a great tag team are, are those guys, man. Um, Cage loads up the uh, the concerto to Matt. That jungle boy earlier denied. Well, actually, it was to Cole earlier, but Matt denied, or excuse me, uh, jungle boy denied it. But now jungle boy wants to do it himself. Matt's head is crushed with a conchetto and you get the pin at 22 minutes and 18 seconds. God, and Cole hits a Panama Sunrise from the stage level. Did you see that? Oh yeah, it was fantastic. God, I love it. It looked great too. It really did. A lot of great spots here. I gotta say, I love. I laughed my ass off when. Uh, they're young bucks wearing pink and purple and Adam Cole comes out in pink and purple. And Jr. has one of the lines of the night. Looks like a Bret Hart meet and greet. Oh, Holy shit. <laughs> I lost it. I love it.
0: Yeah. I we, love also, it. we also saw them sort of impersonating the Macho Man Randy Savage with some of their uh, mannerisms here. Uh, in this match, uh, I did definitely that, that. Definitely
1: that elbow drop. Definitely that elbow drop yeah. from the to the table. Yeah.
0: Now you you had mentioned this is the this is the first time in a while that you've seen the Lucha Express
1: uh, entrance with the song. Is it Tarzan Boy? Is what it's called? Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I I guess they've been using this for a while and I didn't know that, obviously. I don't watch you know, I, I try to watch it when I can, but I sometimes I just don't watch it, uh, AEW being. But they come out with the Tarzan boy by uh B- Baltimora, I think is the name of the band or guy, whatever. And you know, it starts off like, oh, 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 that's a bad impression. But like, God, man, I love that song. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, they're coming out to this. And I thought that was yeah. Super super fun. That record came out in 1985 too, and it's it. it that guy dropped one song, and it, it was that. Um, but the song was re-recorded uh, in 1993, and that's what we're hearing that version. Um, and God, it's so fun. So that was really cool that they that they came out to that, and it's got a catchy chorus too, man. Like um, I, I I really dig that song. So that was fun for me. Yeah. Like when you when you can hear something that you didn't expect, you know, and, you and me couple come coming from the music world. Hear something like that, I, I really, really enjoy it.
0: The crowd uh, for AEW is very interactive when it comes to the entrance music. They sing along with CM Punk's "Cults of Personality." They've been singing along with Chris Jericho's uh, "Why Can't Judas?" Uh, for since since even when he was a heel, when the Inner Circle first first arrived in AEW, yeah. um, and singing along to Tarzan Boy, that oh 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 oh. oh, oh. I mean, it's just. It, that crowd interaction is what I feel like we're missing from WWE right now.
1: That yeah, makes like, it so special. The uh, I, now I, I just I, it makes me as a music fan um, want to go to that just so I can sing that chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? uh night tonight? Give me the other, give me the other night tonight. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. fun stuff, man, fun stuff. And those guys, man, if you could have a great theme and be talented in the ring and use it and have fun with your audience. I mean, what's, what's missing, you know, like what is fucking missing? And it's a shame. And we're touching on this again, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm sorry to do it again. Um, sound like a broken record but it's just a shame that so many people want to be so cynical about competition and 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 my and what my view is um the greatest sport in all of the world is pro wrestling and so many people want to be so cynical about it they're not enjoying things like this enjoy this this is so fun it really is it's weird i don't and i can i mean you know and i'm Maybe I'm maybe I'm stunning biased here, but I've enjoyed a lot of things that the E has been doing a little bit. Um, a lot, a little bit. That'd make a lot of sense. Oxymoron there, but uh, I have enjoyed a good bit of it. But I mean, this shit is just so fun. They each have their they each have their flaws, they each have their champions. Like just enjoy it, bro. Well bro. This,
0: this show has been extremely enjoyable up to this point. This, if if you needed a piss break or a poop break, a PBO tonight. Uh, watching the show, this next match would be it for me—a uh, mix and match tag team. Last week we talked about the uh, <laughs> the the mix and match tag team. What do they call it? The the lethal lottery in WCW's Battle Ball. Oh my gosh! Do we have we to get, bring that? Up? I'm gonna start talking about birds again. We get mix and match tag team here: Andre El idolo and Malachi Black taking on the team of Cody Rhodes and the Bastard Pack. Uh, you know, I'm gonna start us off because so I don't have a whole lot of notes. Um, I don't know when it happened, but the crowd has turned on Cody in the worst way. They <laughs> loved Cody when AEW started, and whatever reason it is, they have they have turned on him, and they booed him throughout this entire match. We get a Bosh of the Night nominee here. Andrade tried to spot where Cody went up and over the corner, and Andrade tried to do the same thing over the top rope and got hung up on the top rope, they even call it on commentary. Uh, you did get to see a little Arn Anderson involvement here with the the uh, manager for Andrade on the outside, he gives them some left-hand punches. Uh, some decent spots here, uh, some decent high spots, I should say, mixed in with some sloppy ones. Um, I already mentioned, I feel like watching Battle Bowl 93 with these mix-and-match tag teams. Uh, really cool inside-out DDT from Andrade to Pac on the apron. Um, again, what did I miss? For Cody to get this go-away heat, like, the whole match is just insane. There was a nice reverse uh, suplex, a reverse sort of vertical suplex from Cody uh, to Andrade from the top rope. Um, there was a blind tag where Pac hit uh, Cody when he had uh, the figure four on, and Pac would hit a 450 splash. Uh, towards the end of the match, I realized that Alistair or Malachi Black, formerly known as Alistair Black. Tommy uh, End. Tommy End, Tommy fucking end. Uh Tommy End is with the former manager in WWE of his now tag team partner, Andrade El Idolo. Andrade Tianama had a had oh, an advocate. You're right. And WWE. Uh she is now Queen Selena Vega, baby. Queen Queen Selena. in WWE is. I don't know if he's she's married to Tommy End or just dating him, but I think we, they're I think they're just dating. We get we get a Tommy and uh, I called I
1: called her the other day and see if she was available and she said she's still okay. dating so I think you know,
0: well uh, yeah we get Zelina a Zelina Vega tag team match with Black and Andrade here um, a fun little fun little uh, I guess fact that you obviously didn't have thought about um, but uh, man the Black Arrow you, you see Pac make sure that he's got his balance right and it pays off because that that Black Arrow finisher. Is a pretty, pretty, pretty ass finisher. Yes, the, match is. Is, the match itself got two and a half stars. We get Pac and Cody going over. However, um, again, just I, I, I don't understand where the where the go home. Heat. Cody came. Um, the match with everybody involved should have been a lot better. But again, my my PVO of the night.
1: PJ, how would you feel about this mix and Max tag match? Andrade so- and Black
0: versus Cody and Pac.
1: So it was weird, uh, a lot of weird psychology there. Uh, I'm going to touch on the um, they the Cody Heat in a minute here, but I want to go over the match first. We go 16 minutes, 52 seconds here, man. Um, the match is you know what you'd expect for right now. Pack and Pack and Cody Rhodes, uh, Pack and Cody Rhodes going back and forth, who's going to attack, who's going to tag. Uh, I could see Malachi Black and Andre or uh, Andrade being a killer tag team. I mean, they they had great matches in NXT. Uh, they have great chemistry. I think it'd be a cool tag team. Um, and I just love the two, the double mask kind of shit. You know, the black mask, and then obviously um, um, uh, Malachi's like I don't know, this like horn goat mask. horn, devil yeah. mask. It's so fucking metal. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, we get a great black belly-to-back suplex. Uh, doesn't work. Puck sticks to the landing, staggers into the corner. Cody's another blind tag. They're wearing out these blind tags here, oh, I got to yeah. say. Uh, the hot tag brings in Cody, which does not stir well with the fans. As I, I wrote, like, do they are hating on Cody right now. Oh, they hate him so much. Um, and, you know, again, we're going to get into that. I'm so hungry to talk about it because I have so many theories. Uh, but – uh, let's see back uh, after going back in black knees packed to set up a German suplex for a two with Cody making the save black hits a heck of a running knee um, to the face, which was fucking stiff to put uh um, Cody over the barricade oh, sitting yeah. in the both crash in the crowd. Pat gets a great soup uh, suplex on and Andre Andrade sit, sitting up for the black arrow. And that is a beautiful move. I We mentioned it earlier. Uh, pretty standard tag match. It wasn't great. Cody, Cody is definitely the weakest, one of the weakest links in AEW. Let's get that out in the open. He's not a great promo. He's not a great wrestler. Uh, He could be a great businessman. I I don't know that side of it that well. Uh, He's a better promo than he is a wrestler. That promo, I'm remembering like um, uh, the promo that he cut for uh, uh, with Dustin Rhodes after that big match. I need my brother. You know, fun stuff, fun stuff there. But he's the, he's one of the weakest links.
0: He's and, got he, as far as his, his working his his, his in ring work. It's gotten better since the WWE days,
1: but to your point, it's still not great. So, but here's my theory, though, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and see what you think. Cody Rhodes getting booed right now. It should be embraced by AEW. Oh, yeah. I want you to think think of that for a second. In the mid '90s, there a wrestler. There was Shawn Michaels. Uh, there was NWO. Uh, gaining a lot of favorable reactions when they were supposed to be heels yeah. and they're getting cheered. They had the, the bad boy persona. When you go to like 2002, 2003, you had the rock um, experience of flip-flop as he went with, with Hollywood Hogan at WrestleMania 18. We can talk about, you know, Bret Hart and Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13. Uh, you go all day with this shit. Chris Jericho being a heel, getting cheered. Um That brings us to Cody Rhodes in AEW right now. His rivalry with Malachi Black was enough to flip-flop that situation. Does that make sense? Malachi Black's supposed to be your heel, that dark charisma, but everyone loves that shit. Everyone doesn't love the neck tattoo, hero of the day, American flag, nightmare guy. Um, By the way, for years there's always been a need for a good guy to be universally cheered. Uh, for a for a bad guy to get booed, does that make sense? Like, but when you're trying too hard, and actually makes the face character look like, like, like look like the narcissist almost. Not a Lex Luger pun. Yeah. Um, I think it could lead to a lot better opportunities for AEW. But sometimes the biggest bad guy in someone's story is the one who proclaims himself as the good guy.
0: Yeah, and no, I, think, I, I agree, and I think, I think that's what we're getting
1: here with this fucking crowd, most definitely.
0: We also got the double switch with Bret Hart and and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania 13, yeah.
0: Yeah, so so we've seen it happen. And I think it's to the point where, like, they hear the crowd. And they, you know, they, they, when, when AEW first started, their entire, you know, I guess their entire, their stigma was, we're not going to tell you who to cheer for, who to boo. But if the crowd turns, then you need to accept it and sort of feed into what the crowd is doing. Whereas WWE, when they were booing Roman Reigns when he was a baby face, they were still driving him down your throats as a baby face. And I think at this point, they need to go ahead and let Cody be the heel that they're booing right
1: now. So I I, I kind of agree with that, but the problem is if you turn Cody heel, it's to me, it's gonna be too much like it's gonna be too much like the authority. And it's gonna be literally the line of Revenge of the Sith, like you become the very thing you swollen to destroy. Yeah.
0: You know, like I mean, I don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that much because he doesn't run the show. Tony Khan runs the show.
1: I I know that, but he helped. I mean, he's got he's he's the guy that's got his fucking own show right now. He's um he's kind of the guy who helped start start it up. He's the guy kind of behind the scenes. I know he's not running the show, but he's got something to do with it. Um I, I so then, let me ask you a question: What
0: if you gave him? A, I mean, he's already kind of ripped off the Miz with his reality show. What if you gave him a gimmick like the Miz? He's got a, he's got his own show. He's on a game show, the the go the go big show. Why don't you just let him be like this? This all of a sudden, like this Hollywood star. Like you know, I, I created AEW to to help you. You know, to give you guys an alternative. And you, this is how you this is how you treat me for being successful. Like piss off! I'm a Hollywood star now. You all go fuck yourself.
1: So I don't mind that. It's kind of cool and it makes sense. Uh, But you you, you know what I'm going to hit you with? You're going to have so many people that are just like, oh, what is he trying to be the rock? Or the Miz, one or the other. But yeah, yeah, but like I, I see the Rock more that than the Miz because that was literally the Rock's thing. Was like I gave you guys blood, sweat, and tears. I go to Hollywood to better myself. I come back and you're fucking booing me. I think what would make sense for Cody, honestly, is maybe to have a heel because we all, you know, I've seen so many articles that people are just loving Tony Khan for what he's given us. He's given us this, given us that. You know, Tony Khan, Tony Khan, Tony Khan. What if that's what gets to Cody Rhodes? You guys even know this fucking Tony Khan guy until he got all this fucking money and like started coming up. I was the one that gave you AEW. I'm the one that should that should be receiving your praise for AEW. I think that's the direction that we go in. And I'm not saying put Tony Khan on TV. He's kind of already there, but I'm saying like you know, Because right when Tony Khan steps in the ring and, and wrestles a match, you're dead. Just like oh, Eric yeah. Bischoff, you're dead. Uh, just like JR in the, those times when he was – I mean, he's got a pinfall victory over fucking Triple H. Um, so you're dead. So that's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is we start to lead up to – because we obviously have no no problem doing 10-man 10, 10 tag matches. Maybe we start playing with that a little bit to where Cody – is now sending his men to interrupt Tony Khan's beloved booked matches. Tony Khan booked that match, or we're going to fuck that match up because he thinks that he can take over what I created, blah, 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 blah. And we go from there. I think that'd be fun.
0: We could fantasy book about this all night. And I do want to mention, you mentioned the the five, you know, the five, 10-man tag team matches and stuff like that. You could always let the American Nightmare go partner up with Dan Campbell and American top team that we'll see later on in the show. Since he's already been hating on Tony Khan and AEW as it is, that'd be a, a, a it seemed like, you know, a, a, at least a believable transition for him to join. That's American a good idea. Top
1: team. I mean, and you could even have Cody call back on his bullet club brothers. He was in bullet club and, yeah. um, and new Japan. Now he got kicked out obviously. And, and but I mean, in the words events, they all come back. So, yeah. I mean, like, you could do that. I mean, you have so many possibilities. I just think the last thing they need to do in my opinion is make him some sort of weird authority figure And I don't even know. That's what they're going to do. I'm just saying, I I think that would be lame, but I do agree with you with this match going back to the, our current product here that um, this match did kind of fall flat. I don't think it's a piss break opportunity um, because the entrances alone were so fucking cool. A lot of great spots. Um, I think, you know, It's hard to pick a piss break opportunity for this. I guess if you had to pick one, you know, maybe, but I don't think so. My piss break opportunity comes later, honestly.
0: Well, this, uh, we also got some gaga after the match where where, uh, Cash Wheeler came out. Uh, They they tried to sell it that he was sold from the inner, from the, from the, I don't even know what the name of their group is anymore, to Andrade for the use for two weeks. And he he comes and attacks Pac after the match. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, but. They uh, this... did not, and they ended
1: that shit quick, and then they went to the next match.
0: Yep, and our next match is another championship match here on Full Gear. The AEW Women's Championship is on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends against Ty Conti. PJ, I started us off the last two match. Why don't you start us off this AEW Women's Championship match here at Full Gear 2021?
1: Giddy up. All right. Um, Again, I've spoken so much about the women talent in this um, in this in this roster, in this company, uh, and it definitely shows here with uh, Britt Baker and uh, Ty Conti. Great match. Here we go. 15 minutes. It goes just long enough. Uh, there are times where it was it was dragging a bit, um, but it picked right back up. Uh, Connie is fighting out of the lockjaw again with some shots to Baker's uh, broken hand, uh, formerly broken hand. The running knee rocks Baker. The comeback is on for Connie. I'm loving this. The crowd is really behind her. I'm really digging it. Uh, great running boots in the um, – in the corner, that sets up for a high crossbody on Baker neckbreaker out of the corner. We get another log draw. Glove is loaded up with Rebel. Very excited, which was weird. Did you see Rebel on the outside just like screaming? Uh, yeah, and it it was like,
0: God, I'm. It's hard to explain it too. Like it was, it was a
1: weird scream. Like it didn't yeah. sound natural. I'm right Yeah, there it, it really I, I thought it was my goats, honestly. Um, <laughs> they trade some roll-ups for two each until uh um they, they go one more time. A gotch style pile driver gets another near fall. Uh we get Hater gets in the cheap shot on the floor. Um Baker adds a stop to the steps. Holy shit. Oh that was my god. Kind of yeah. rough. Uh, another stop back inside, sits up the lock jaw reverse into a cradle. Connie is able to kick her way to the floor, but can't follow due to exhaustion. And of course we get Britt Baker retaining her women's heavyweight champion. I thought it was a great match. Uh, Baker, uh, Baker's able to counter into a roll up and that's what actually gets her the victory. Um, it was a lot, it was what a lot of drama here, but it was just a hard fault match. Really good stuff here, man. I, I did really enjoy it. Um, and it's yeah, – I just can't wait to see who's gonna actually going to take the belt off all Britt Baker. But, gosh, she's a hell of a talent. And so is Ty Connie, man. She, she deserved all the praise due there. Um, good stuff there. I, I definitely—I gave it three and a half stars.
0: I gave it two and a half stars. I felt like it went a tad, a tad too long. You mentioned that we had a cradle roll-up for the title retention. Uh, I thought at the beginning of the match they were trading strikes that were a little sloppy. They were – you could tell they were trying to talk. To kind of get on the same page, uh, with ugly strikes, it just wasn't a good look for me.
1: Um, yeah, were, I do think I do think there wasn't a lot of chemistry there. I, I, I will I will agree with that, but yeah. I think they made it work.
0: Um, I think you mentioned the running kicks from Conti; they were sweet, nice hop up to the crossbody. That was a nice sequence. Um, calling Conti's diamond cutter, the stunner, was irritating as shit. Um, <laughs> there was a white noise spot. I think you maybe may, may mentioned too. Look, Sheamus's white noise. Um, look dangerous as hell on the apron. Um, there's a wee- weird sequence leading into a pile driver. Uh, man, you mentioned the curb stop already. Conti would hit a moonsault to the outside that you could see her do, like the uh, the Catholic cross, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because uh, she she did not know if she was going to land it, and she uh, she just did. Uh, like I said, it went a little too long for me. Uh, still a good match. I I'm with you. I'd like to see who's going to take the belt off of. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Here's a wild card that nobody really talks a whole lot because she is not supposed to be wrestling anymore. What if they were to bring in Paige? I thought you were gonna say
1: AJ Lee and I was gonna laugh.
0: But yeah, Paige no. is a good idea. I I don't know exactly her her medical condition. I know it had to do something with her neck, maybe her spine. We've seen people overcome spinal spinal injuries in the past to come back to have a relatively successful career. I know that she does not want to give up her, uh, her Twitch channel, whatever it is, her gaming channel. And if her contract ever runs up with WWE or she ever gets out of her contract with WWE, I think it'd be a nice touch to let her come in and uh, and be the, the one to take it off Britt Baker. But
1: uh, from what I'm reading, from what I'm reading, she's still not medically uh, cleared and. She has no desire to get back into the ring. She's terrified to do it. Well,
0: that's sad because uh, she was a great talent. Great I talker. Agree. I'd love I, – I, yeah, but, but wishful thinking, obviously. I'd love to see who's going to take this title off of Britt Baker.
1: You know, I'd love to see it as well, but I'm also not in a hurry, though, Bully. Like, I mean, because I'm loving what they're doing right here, man. I really am. I'm not in a hurry to find out who's going to do it. But um, I think if they play their cards right and they create this long-term storytelling that they're working on, I think that that's really going to help them out a lot towards the end. When you talk about long-term storytelling, you know what I'm going to hit you with. We're going to lead in right to our next one because this is one of the longest telling um, rivalries that has been pro wrestling in a long time, which is all our boys CM Punk and Eddie Kingston in a little grudge match that they have here. And damn, if it's not unstoppable, man, this is a great match. Uh, Do you agree? Yeah, I, you
0: know, I wrote in my notes that I could honestly couldn't care less about either of these guys. But this match was fire. Uh, I'll start us off here. Another new look gear for Punk uh, with like the uh, almost like a like a mini basketball short here. Um, they really started this match with Eddie hitting a backhand punch and, and almost knocking Punk out. It was uh, it was a great, great opening spot here. Um, Loved I mentioned the crowd was dead for a couple of the last matches. They're back for this match. They are hot. There was a couple of uh, mixing CM Punk, Eddie Kingston chants. There was a both these guys chants uh, that happened in this match. Eddie, at one point, Eddie hit uh, some punches, uh, some, some rapid fire punches to Punk that Shane McMahon wishes that he could hit.
1: <laughs> uh, that's good I mean,
0: I mean it, they they were really they, they looked they looked solid they looked like they were connecting really good here um all of a sudden somewhere during the match CM Punk is is bleeding I don't know where he got cut but you know they gotta do it um you know CM Punk I forgot there was somebody that he oh we talked about there was a sequence in one of his matches uh i, I, I it might have been with Darby Allen where he almost mimicked uh, spot for spot, a match between uh, Sean Waltman, the one, two, three kid and Brett Hart. Right. CM Punk would legitimately mock the John Cena shoulder tackle with a spinning backdrop uh, to, to tease the five knuckle shuffle late in this match. It obviously wouldn't come to fruition. We get another three amigos uh, uh, suplex spot. We saw it uh, in the match with the uh, FTR and Lucha, the Lucha brothers. Uh, we get another three amigos spot. Again, a paying homage to Eddie Guerrero all throughout full gear here. Uh, some of the spot, some of the shots that that they hit each other with looked like shoots, like they were laying it on.
1: Yes, uh, they were it on
0: thick uh, for a you know for a second here. It was a brutal match, uh, and I but I mentioned I enjoyed the shit out of it. Uh, you get CM Punk going over, he would extend his hand and a show of respect to Eddie Kingston after the match. Kingston would essentially tell him to fuck off. Leave the ring much like he did a few weeks ago uh, in a match. I, I forgot who it was that he did the same thing to, um, but you're you're starting to get the the hints of an Eddie Kingston heel run here. Um, but CM Punk goes over a four star match in my opinion. PJ, what do you feel about the CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston match?
1: Yeah, I gave this match, uh, four and a half. It told just such a great story. It was fucking stiff, terrific psychology. And this is definitely a long rivalry in the making. Um, these guys have touched many of times and even this promo that they cut beforehand with punk saying, you know, Eddie can't get out of his own way and, and, and all this noise. I mean, it is, it feels like a shoot. It really does. Uh, and I, I loved, I loved it. I loved it. Um, the five knuckle shuffle, uh, shit. The the five moves of death. I loved. I thought it was so funny, cause I hate John Cena, and any time I can laugh at his expense, I'm just you know I'm giddy about it. Uh, uses the middle finger instead of the you can't see me. Uh, flips uh, Kingston flips him off right back. Punk hammers away again and hits the three amigos like you mentioned earlier. Um, we get a great finish here. Kingston's able to pull himself up. Uh, gives uh, after after being down for a double breather, he ma- misses his back fist. That leads us into a GTS. Man, still love that move, GTS uh which of course he got from old kenta who is your actually your new uh new japan pro wrestling united states heavyweight champion who after he won the match has called out cm punk so hopefully that's where we're leading to now Ooh, uh, that would be sick that would be focused sir uh hell of a fight here man and i it wasn't a match it was a fight and it was just terrific i really enjoyed it
0: yeah no i agree um you know moving right along here we uh it's, it's the show. It's show picked back up, especially with the crowd getting back into it for this match. Um, we get a legendary, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a, a cameo here. Baron Von Ratchke is here for the Minneapolis Street Fight. The, uh, the, yes, that's right. The, the master of the iron claw here to watch the Minneapolis Street Fight between the inner circle and the team of American Top Team. I believe it was the pro wrestling debut of former UFC champions, Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos. And boy, Um,
1: howdy, you could tell it was their debut. uh,
0: Not, you know, I I was a little more comfortable with with Dos Santos. Arlovsky looked awful. He was terrible throughout this match. Um, You know, I noticed the start of the the match. uh, It's a street fight, but you have four guys on each side go to the apron. Like let's tag people in in a street fight that didn't make any sense. It should have been like full go. We would get there, um, but it did not start off that way. PJ, give us your thoughts on the Minneapolis street fight here, the inner circle versus American Top Team.
1: So fun match, fun match, but it was very repetitive. And this is my piss break opportunity. Um, so let's let's recap here. <clears throat> You've got Dan Lambert uh, with his American Top Team, which is uh, who. Scorpio Sky is the most talented member of that team. He's a former – or he's a future champion, in my opinion. Scorpio Sky is just a terrific talent. Uh, So you've got Scorpio Sky with uh, Dan Lambert. Uh, How do you say the Ovlowski? Ovlowski? Andre Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos. And Junior Dos Santos. Uh, Those guys should never step into a foot – never step into a ring again. That was embarrassing, Uh, in my opinion. I thought that was just – so weird what are we doing Uh, it's 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 drawing
0: listen it's drawing eyes on the product it's getting UFC fans MMA fans oh my god you mean Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos two former world champions and I believe if I'm not mistaken I think Junior Dos Santos he either knocked out the guy who knocked out Brock Lesnar or he himself knocked out Brock Lesnar if I'm not mistaken
1: I'll google it while you give your review yeah but you don't have to do that here This is, you know, this is pro wrestling and I get your, I get your thing. More eyes on the products, never a bad thing, but you don't have to do that here. They could have put in, they could, they could have put in uh, almost anyone else from that roster and it would have been just as great or a better match. In my opinion, uh, they, the two just looked too green. It was sad. It was, and I, I didn't, I didn't love this match because of that. Um, that being said, Sammy Guevara is the future of this business. Not the, not the promotion. The business. He is. He is. He is oh! the future. Um, did your dog not like that? No, he did not like the. Fa- he, does not, he, he is not. He he does not. Sammy, Sammy Guevara, Guevara. Well, tell him that. Um, yeah. So of course, uh, the inner circle. You have Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, Sammy Guevara. Woo! What a team. Holy shit! Um, so let's get into it here. Uh we're really teasing the Dan Lambert and Jericho spots here. We're really teasing them hard. I'm actually enjoying it because it's not too much. Um we get a purple rain chant after uh <laughs> Jericho, Jericho pulls holes. out the print sign, which is great. By the way, what we're doing here guys is submitted up a street fight. They're naming things, uh they're having weapons that Minneapolis is known for. I didn't know that Minneapolis is known for water skiing and bunt cake. DJ, so not only is I don't mean to cut you off,
0: but I have to ask while you're
1: on the subject.
0: PJ, what is your favorite Minneapolis street fight?
1: Oh, you got what? my <laughs> own gimmick on me. You got me with my own. Gimmick. I
0: stole your gimmick, yes, sir. I did. Oh, that was great. I had um, to do it. I had to. Yeah, do it to I didn't it.
1: think I was too. I was too. I was too hardcore and shitting on guys that shouldn't be in the ring. Fuck. Um. Yeah, I guess my favorite one would probably be. Um, <laughs> it's probably. It's. Uh, so, Watching you squirm makes Minnesota. me so happy. Uh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, something with the Steiner brothers. They're from Minnesota, right? In, Michigan. Yeah, I think so. Oh, they're from Michigan. The other M one. I don't yeah. know, Bully. Not, not, yeah. My, no, my dogs don't like me like My either. dogs don't like me either, <laughs> Uh, so I do laugh when they use the butt cake and Tony Shimano's like, the butt cake. And JR's like, not the butt cake. I die. And a toaster. They, they, they use the toaster
0: more than I've ever seen people would make toast with. Like, they yeah, beat uh, the shit out of some people with toasters in this
1: match. They did. And the toaster got a, got a, uh, got a cheer too, which was fun. Nice little pot for the toaster. Uh, it was wild. It was nutty. Uh, a lot of gaga. Still fun. Sammy doing, uh, uh, back in with the double springboard cutter on um, uh, on those two. Those two, I don't know who, I can't remember who. Oh, the men of the year, excuse me. And then a swanton on the sky, uh, another swanton through the table. Uh, oh God, really the tall great ladder. stuff. That tall yeah, ladder spot was fantastic.
0: Um,
1: which, by the way, Ethan Page goes to yell at Hager's wife, and mm. then Baron gives him the claw, and it's so sick to see. But by the way, when they were like, that's his wife, I'm like, that's Baron's wife. No way. That's Baron's wife. She's like super young and he's like old as shit. And what a lucky dude. But no, that was Hager's wife.
0: Yeah, um, Hager's so, wife.
1: I, so I love there that we get, that we get that. Um, I will say, and again, this is shitting on the MMA guys. Again, Los Santos, Dos Santos, Dos Pogodopo, yeah. dos, dos Santos. Those guys, that guy. Um, we get Jericho trying to pull out a lion's salt. He sits on that rope for what feels like five minutes before yes. dude man comes up and hits him. It's just weird shit, man. I, I, I did, they didn't need to be there. Um, I, it, I, I gave this match three stars. Um, and it def- to me, yeah, you can you can take some time off and go use the bathroom during this one. Go flip your steaks. Go check your bourbon. Yeah.
0: So I, I gave this match four and a half stars. I know it's weird considering this is your PBO. Um, I got a lot of stuff here. First of all, I need to mention uh, the the plural of fish is fish. The plural of moose is moose. There is no singular of Dos Santos. There isn't an Uno Santo. It is just Junior Dos Santos here. Um, a little funny uh, Spanish speaking joke. If you get that, you do. Awesome. Nice little fun pun for myself because uh, I got it. Um, again, You've already mentioned Andre Andrei Arlovsky does not know what he's doing, making it really ugly with Jake Hager. Um, there was a standing moonsault that Junior Dos Santos uh, almost killed himself with. It was bad. Uh, Dan Lambert is fucking hysterical. I hope that they keep him around if just for his ability to work a crowd. Uh, so good. Some really fun spots by, uh, by everyone on the outside. I t- you talked about all the stuff that Minneapolis was, was famous for. Sammy really pulled out a fucking football and he's like shuffling a football in his hand. Uh, you already mentioned the print sign. Um, street fight is completely broken down after it started off in the ring. Um, a unique submission spot by LAX onto the men of the year. Jake Hager is fucking up everyone with the toaster. I already mentioned that. Um, you already mentioned the spring cutter. Uh, Jericho and Aubrey Edwards had to hold that ladder for Sammy um, and it was clutch because what a spot. Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara uh, you already mentioned the claw by, by Baron Von Ratsky on the outside. Uh, Santana using the security guard to go into the crowd after Page uh, was just...
1: I mean, so super again, fun, yeah. super fun. A lot of fun spots in this match. It's just, to me, it was just ruined by a little sloppiness. That's all. And, you know, everything from Jake Hager taking, you know, three minutes to to dive on everybody um, yeah. to the MMA guys just being so green. I, I just think, I just think we didn't have to do that.
0: Well, we did get a fun spot. Uh, Jericho would fuck up Dan Lambert with the kendo stick. And another Eddie Guerrero tribute as Jericho would win the match with the frog splash. Yeah, that was that was super
1: emotional, super emotional.
0: Yeah, uh, so really, again, I know it was your PBO. I gave this match four and a half stars because there was just so much going on here, and it was great, um, and, a, and a great lead-up to the main event, which is next. But before we get to the main event, we have a special guest on the show, a debut of sorts here in AEW. If you've been living under a rock, Ring of Honor is a former, uh, a now former wrestling uh, company, uh, known for, for being in syndication on your Saturday night, midnight shows on your local, your local stations. Um, so they used to have some really good work. We, we reviewed a Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard a few weeks ago on the show. But the, the entire roster was released earlier this year as they uh, plan on uh, starting over from scratch and selling their library. Uh, that gives us the opportunity for some former Ring of Honor stars to show up on WWE or in this case, AEW programming. And we get the debut of Black Machismo. Jay Lethal is now all elite. And the first thing he did was challenge Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship for this for the upcoming Wednesday edition, uh, which by the time this airs will be, will have been last Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Jay Lethal is now all elite. Uh, P.J., we mentioned Jay Lethal uh, in that Ring of Honor Supercard uh, pay-per-view. Uh, how do you feel about Jay Lethal as, as a talent? I know we, we we talked briefly about him, but how do you feel about him being here now in, in all-elite all elite wrestling?
1: So one of the coolest things, man, I totally remember Jay Lethal being in um, TNA at the time. Before it was, you know, Impact, it was just TNA yes. uh, in the Activ- X-Division um, um i guess in the exhibition and you know the matches that he would have with like sunjay dutt and uh you know aj styles and christopher daniels and uh chris saban just tremendous stuff he's a hell of a talent then it came to the point where he was doing the black machismo stuff he was doing macho man randy savage impressions and that was his gimmick for a while and it was very fun um i wasn't watching a lot when he was a primetime player there um Doing the woo off with Ric Flair. I've, I've seen it a thousand times, but I did not watch that live. Uh, I mostly watched a lot of his stuff in Ring of Honor. Uh, he was Ring of Honor world champion for a, a good bit. He had a tremendous, you know, the last pay per view, one of the last pay per views that we did. Uh, Bully mentioned it for the Supercar G1 uh, or G1 card. It was a triple threat ladder match with Marty Scroll, uh, Matt Taven, and yeah, Jay Lethal. So getting to see Jay Lethal live was incredible, but now we have a better chance of seeing him live because now he is, of course, all elite. Um, so I, I think that he is a hell of a talent. I really do. And I can't wait to see what he does, man. I really I really don't. I've never seen anybody
0: with the ability to sort of back and forth impressions of both the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ric Flair and do them both so spot on. I mean, the dude, not only is he talented in the ring, uh, but creative and talented on the mic. Uh, just really good stuff here. I never expected to see him in WWE uh, before Ring of Honor uh, sort of went under. I never expected him to see, an all- see him in AEW, but so glad to see him and, and excited to see uh, see him work with some of the guys here in AEW. Maybe he joins uh, his former TNA running mate and not Christopher Daniels, but Frankie Kazarian as one of the elite hunters. That'd be a little fun spot where if you can get some of the old a- TNA guys to form a faction here in, in AEW. I think it'd be a, a fun little, fun little way to, to go about it.
1: So I'm glad you mentioned that because actually him and Eddie Kingston, uh, worked together and, uh, God, what was that promotion? It was, um, it was in Jersey Jersey, all pro wrestling. Um, and he worked with him there and, cause you know, that was a big, obviously, um, Eddie Kingston being born in, uh, in Yonkers, New York. Um, uh he made his home there and so Jay Lethal was actually in that promotion as well so really fun stuff here that would be cool if they could do something like that um he he made his debut in Ring of Honor as Hydro I don't know if you remember that that was like until about 2009 2004 actually um that was way off so until about 2004 then he became Samoa Joe's protege between 2004 2005 that was in of course in um uh heading towards like TNA and then he's in TNA from 2005 to about 2010. So yeah. hell of a talent there. And uh, he's been around. So when he said who did you who did you who did you think was coming out? Can I ask you that? I honestly I knew
0: from from us talking before I watched the show, I knew there was a debut coming. I legitimately had no idea and I was expecting a former WWE talent. I knew it wasn't gonna be Bronson Reed because our guys in New Japan I can't yes! wait. I, I cannot so wait. cool. I cannot wait to review a show where he is on it uh, in New Japan. I don't care who he wrestles in New Japan, but
1: oh, we'll be we'll probably be doing it in a couple months because Wrestle Kingdom is
0: right around the corner, baby. And we'll get we'll get uh, Dingo on there with us. But yeah, no, I assumed it was going to be a WWE guy or, or a ring, or a, a, a NXT guy, and I was pleasantly surprised that instead it was a, a former TNA, a former Ring of Honor guy. A guy that's never been a star in WWE to debut here, so that it's one less thing that we have to hear
1: about uh, from WWE uh, versus AEW folks. I kind of thought it was going to be Switchblade Jay White.
0: Oh yeah, see Jay White. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not,
1: disa- I'm not disappointed. By the way, I know I kind of sounded it there. That it's not wasn't no. my intention, but I did think. I for some reason I was just like. Okay. Cause I knew it wasn't going to be Bray Wyatt because he's doing a horror movie right now. I knew it wasn't going to be him. Um, I, I knew if, and not to mention if Bray Wyatt
0: is going to join AEW, they're not going to just say, Hey, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome
1: Mike Matundo yeah. Jr., like whatever the fuck <laughs> they're going to do, you know? <laughs> oh my they're, God. They're Listen not, to you. Yeah. They're not yeah, going to do that. They're not. You know, and, uh, I I'm I should have known it was gonna be someone from Ring of Honor because of obviously as you mentioned that they have closed out, uh, for lack of a better word. But um yeah, I was I don't know why. I was expecting Jay White. Um, when you talk about New Japan, guys, you know who we're gonna see on Wednesday as well? Toromo Ishii, who just defeated switchblade Jay White for the uh, never open weight heavyweight championship. That's another story for another day. Um You talk about telling stories, Bully. We're going to tell a big story with this main event, and I can't wait to get into it, man. This main event, of course, is for the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, your champion, taking on who would be called arguably, in my opinion, the current People's Champion of Pro Wrestling. That is Mr. Hangman Adam Page. Holy shit, what a match this was. I'm going to go ahead and preface this real quick. I gave this match five stars.
0: I did as well. How about that? We we <laughs> and we, yeah. we agree to a unanimous a unanimous five-star match on tap and touchdowns. Uh, you talked it was about, all
1: it was all leading to this. It was all leading to this.
0: Well, you talked about uh, long-term storytelling uh, earlier in the show. This was a match, uh championship match over a year and a half in the making uh, hangman out of page. We saw him go through trials and tribulations. He lost the, the first ever AEW championship tournament to Chris Jericho, um, and the, the story was that he could never get over. He would be tag team champions at one time with Kenny Omega. Uh, he was the, the, you know, the scapegoat who dropped the ball as to why they lost the AEW tag team championships. Uh, so yeah, so now we get Kenny Omega taking on former member of the Elite, former fellow member of the Bullet Club in Hangman, Adam Page, uh, PJ. I'm gonna let you start us off here. I know you let us start us off the last match, but we both gave this match five stars, and I'm feeling generous. Start us off. How'd you feel about the AEW World Championship match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page?
1: Oh, you spoil me. You spoil me. Okay. Uh, we've had a lot of great storytelling, great psychology in this entire pay per view. Excuse me, and it's all leading to this main event, who has like. A tremendous amount of both of those. Um, uh, you pretty much touched on this, the big story here, but the biggest thing is this is his redemption match. Uh, you know, it was his drinking that was making him lose all these matches. And now he's able to come back and redeem himself and hopefully win this title. Um, gosh the video package for uh hangman is a bit underwhelming but man when that crowd when that the song hits that crowd pops for their boy man i tell you i got a little chill bumps here when on the um on the little titan tron thing or whatever and, and it just says we're proud of you uh graphics team that's so fun so fun oh that's um, awesome. great entrance by omega here we get a great stare down um Don Callis is already getting involved here. I got a lot of notes here. I wanted to – I did the same thing for you, actually. So, by the way, we did a show the night of – or I went to a show, rather, the night of the pay-per-view. I got home just in time to watch the main event. Uh, I had seen a couple highlights. My friend was kind of keeping me updated with, like, minimal spoilers, and uh, I, uh, I just saw the main event, and I just watched it. And I enjoyed it and loved it. It kept me up, too, because I was so hyped up. The next day, that's where I have my notes. Um, So I did the same thing that you did as well, Bully. Paige backdrops to the apron. And it's a springboard clothesline to send Omega outside. Omega gets the better of things, though, uh, brings uh, Paige back inside for running reverse bulldog. Um, You know, Don Callis is just he's 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 a perfect manager right now. He's doing the old school, just offer distractions uh, Paige sits up, or excuse me, Omega sits up a Terminator dr- dive back in. Paige cuts him off, uh, including kicking Omega in the face, which is just a stiff ass boot. I don't know if you remember that, man. Omega's oh, yeah. um, getting knocked outside. Paige does a beautiful moonsault that is Sherlock esque uh, outside. Woo! They both get up back to the feet. They head to the top. Omega hits a springboard super liger bomb. I'm oh, going to hit you with that again. A springboard super liger bomb and. Good God, what a move, man. Yeah, I called um, it the springboard
0: gut wrench power bomb for, for those who may not understand the Liger bomb. That was my spot on the night. That springboard power bomb from Omega to Page was a thing of beauty, man. It was well poetry in motion as they used to say
1: that is it poetry in motion. that's a a beautiful way to say it by the way if our audience doesn't know the liger bomb do some education get some education (laughs) um no i'm kidding i'm kidding um but there's a snapdragon to set up the v trigger one ring angel is countered into a victory roll uh oh we get a the dead eye here is countered into a tire driver 98 oh my god we're doing a lot of just Really great stuff here, uh, and it's it has indies written all over it, but it's so well done. Um, Omega goes up and gets uh, gets hit in the crotch here, allowing Paige to bite away for a change. Um, it's just – it's killer here, man. Uh, by the way, I want to mention this. Omega is working with a shoulder injury here. He can hardly lift up anything.
0: I think both He's, of his shoulders are, are bad, is what I heard from the yeah. reports. Uh,
1: we recently. get the uh, page is trying to hit his own V trigger, um, but Omega pulls the referee in the way here. Perfect um, use. Perfect yeah, use. Yeah. Perfect ref here. use. Perfect use. And that poor fucking ref gets. It gets obliterated. We're getting Paige getting rocked by the Kawada Kicks here, comes back at a good, you know, come hit me, motherfucker, and then gives a hell of a fucking clothesline to him. Here comes the yo bu- the Young Bucks because they have to insert their nose and everything, but it's actually necessary here. We're going to get to it. Uh, Buckshot Lariat counter with another V trigger and then a one-winged Angels counter to one from Paige for a near fall. I almost thought that was gonna be it for for real, man. They're really telling a great story. It's not so many false finishes here, but it's just enough to get you out of your chair, chou- get oh, you yeah. out of your couch. Uh, Buckshot Lariat hits Omega from behind. Page stops to look at Matt Jackson, who Nick is on the other side, who almost looked like he was gonna interfere. We're really hitting that suspenseful razor's edge here, and this nod, the nod heard around the world, is what it's being called. Sets up for one more Buckshot Lariat to give the pin for the one. Two, three at 25 minutes and six seconds. Holy balls! Hagman Adam Page is your new AEW World Champion, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That crowd was so hot for their boy. The right man won. It was the right call. The match was just terrific, and I know I'm broken record here. You can take a shot, and be drunk by noon. If you're watching this at 11, for every time I've said this, it told just such a great story. It just, it really did, and I, I enjoyed it, man. I, I really felt like I was watching New Japan. I really did, man. It was that kind of caliber esque, of that kind of event. Um, big match feel every single match, and of course, leading up to this, we get post match with the Dark Order coming out to celebrate with Paige. Oh my God, I, I, you know, we hear JR. Is it time for no? Tony Shimani, is it time for a beer? And we hear JR. Go, I'm down. Something about hearing a boomer say I'm down just gives me chills. But anyway, That's moving so
0: funny,
1: on. Yeah. God, what a great match. Was there anything I missed? Could you tell uh, us? Could you just, I could talk about this match. We could do a whole episode on this match. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. There, there was only one thing that I wrote down. Uh, there was a fun, well, a couple things. A funny spot with Kenny teased that he was going to do the springboard lariat, um, and just like he, – he looked like he was going to springboard into the ring. <laughs> and he just and walked then just right got, in. Walked yeah. in the ring. God, it was so funny. And then – Aubrey Edwards sprinting to make that count after the original ref went down was top-notch ref work from a, from a female ref. Uh, So good. Um, And then, like you said, the perfect finish, the, the perfect ending, the right guy won Uh, just start to finish in this match was as, as you've said, as as I've said, as we've said, storytelling, man, just great. It was long-term booking. Uh, great long term brooking with it with with the final payoff, sort of like the uh, the you know you like to talk about ECW. Tommy Dreamer can never beat Raven, and he finally gets that that win over Raven, and everything is forgiven. Everything is everything is done full circle. Adam Page now your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and now and you know, and, and you know what that means? That means at some point we are very likely to see the American Dragon Brian Danielson taking on Kangman Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. What a time to be alive and to be a fan of all elite wrestling. PJ, I gave this pay-per-view five stars. I know we only had one five-star match, but as you mentioned, every single one of these matches, even the ones, even and- the mix-and-match tag team match, uh, still felt like there was something that needed to happen, uh, something, something that we needed to see. Like even though we had a couple of matches that I rated two and a half stars, three stars, I felt like this show as a whole was a five star pay per view. It's we talked about. I forgot what pay per view we saw earlier in the year that like it's the pay per view of the year. It might have been another AEW show. I, or, it
1: was. Yeah, it was. Uh,
0: I you know maybe it's a maybe it's the fact that they don't have a pay per view every month, but they know how to put on a fucking show,
1: PJ. Final thoughts on AEW full year. So final thoughts we'll say here. Um, Let's make a comparison here. A couple of years ago, what promotion, and I I totally separate this from what it was, what promotion were we talking about that had this kind of caliber-esque matches uh, that told great stories and they only did a pay-per-view every couple months?
0: I believe it has to be New Japan.
1: Well, NXT. Oh,
0: yeah, that's even better. NXT,
1: this is what a lot of, and I just said that this reminded me of New Japan, but you making that comparison saying they don't do pay-per-views every month, and it's special. That was what NXT was so great a lot of the times. Not only did you have great talent in there that wasn't saturated by the E, it it was special because it wasn't seen every single month, and this is special. It really is, man, and um, we're going to do something very special here too. We're uh, calling an audible a little bit here, and uh, we talked about this before, but now we're going to towards the end of the show. Uh, a lot of this show was dedicated to Eddie Guerrero, who we approached with the like, like bully mentioned the 16 year anniversary. Um, I just want to take a couple minutes just to talk about our favorite Eddie moments. Um, this was obviously we ded- obviously dedicated this episode to our boy Eddie Guerrero, who we lost way too soon. Who would probably still be working um, if. Um, he was still you know, here. if he hadn't a past. yeah. And a lot of things uh that I will not get into will prop would probably change if he was still around. Um, but you know, Bully, what is your, I mean, if you could name it, what's your favorite Eddie Guerrero match? Oh man, uh there's really so I know, many. I, know, I, know I know I'm not putting you on the spot here, by the way. We yeah, we cut and let's 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 open the curtain just a little bit. We kind of talked about this, but we didn't talk about it like like right then. I, I kind of wanted this to be um you know spontaneous. Off the cuff. Yeah. yeah. Um
0: I'd have to say there's two of them. Uh one would be the Halloween Havoc match, I believe it was with Rey Mysterio. Uh we actually, I think when we may have reviewed it on the show earlier this year. Yes. Um the other one, it's it's not really an obscure match. But it was a, um, it was a ladder match on Monday Night Raw for the Intercontinental Championship with Rob Van Dam. Uh, it's the should the, the match itself has become a little more famous because a fan came into the ring and tried to knock the ladder over as Eddie Guerrero climbed it, it kind of pushed him off. And Eddie Guerrero, as they got him out of the ring, Eddie Guerrero got a nice stiff kick to the guy's head. Uh, but that match itself, sort of like if you'd asked me what Jeff Hardy's, you know, my favorite Jeff Hardy match, it was. Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, Monday Night Raw, uh, undisputed championship. It was the Eddie Guerrero RVD match, Intercontinental title, uh, on Monday Night Raw. Like it was just something about it that Eddie Guerrero was was obviously you know he had not been world champion yet. Um, you know we it's it's very well documented that he had his demons with uh, with alcohol and prescription drug abuse, um, and so like this was sort of part of his. His rise, and I feel like he was held back in WCW uh, because he wasn't Hulk Hogan, he wasn't Scott Hall, um, and so he had to make a name for himself in WWE, and this was part of his rise uh, to who to, to who he would become, and so uh, that those would have to be it: WCW Halloween Havoc versus Rey Mysterio, and WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, versus RVD for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. What about
1: you, PJ? Do you have anything in mind? So I've got I've I've got like a top five, um, really. And number five is is you know, and this is a running joke, but the match is, is phenomenal, and it's uh, the Custody of Dominic ladder match. Ooh, yeah. um, and you know that match is just great, no matter you know what. And anyway, um, Eddie versus Dean Malenko for the United States Champion Uncensored ninety seven. Um, this is That's kind of
0: really good.
1: Th- one. This is right. When Eddie started to really play dirty and it was really fun to see. And it was, it was something very, very new at the time, you know, not, not playing dirty per se, but just, um, that kind of, um, that kind of work for him. Uh, another, you know, I, I'm, I'm really swinging the fences here. Maybe I'm just big, a, a big D fan, but there's a great match ECW, um, 1995, that is Eddie and demon Lincoln are two out of three falls match for the TV championship. If you get a chance, that match is terrific as well. Um, number two or no, I'm on number three, excuse me. Um, no, no, I'm on number two. I was right. First time, uh, Eddie versus Chris Benoit, uh, new Japan, best of the super juniors tournament in 96. Um, so that match is kind of a shoot because they were really, really, really trying to outdo each other. Um, and my number one, you you kind of mentioned it, Eddie and Rey Mysterio, champion versus mask, Halloween Having 97. Unmistakably, Eddie Guerrero was one of the greatest wrestlers in, in in you know in the world, man. And you know, it's it sucks. It really does suck, man. Um, but damn, could he not put on some amazing matches? I'd love to do an Eddie Guerrero episode sometime, but you know, I digress. That's an episode for another night. I hope you guys have really enjoyed this, man. We had a lot of fun covering full gear and we've had a lot of fun, just taking some time to talk about Eddie Guerrero uh, because I felt like it was, I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, bully, you know, especially thought it was super necessary to do that since they just did do a whole uh, pay-per-view and a lot of um, uh, references to our our homage. Thank you to our boy, Eddie Guerrero. So uh, really cool stuff. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it was, man, full gear. I don't want to call it an Eddie Guerrero tribute show, but it was the closest thing they could probably get uh, to doing it, considering um, you know, Vicky Guerrero was not on the show considering all the all the 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 homage.
1: So uh, she was she was in the uh, she was in the pre-show she was uh, she oh yeah ex- that's right she yeah. escorted out um, uh, Nyla Rose and uh, I think it was Hater I can't remember who was with her yeah. but um but anyway yeah I digress uh, and and there were Eddie Chance for that as well uh, which is fun but yeah
0: yeah it's uh it's a shame too many times we talk about wrestlers going too soon probably none bigger um, from a standpoint of not being an accident in the ring like we have with Owen Hart uh but but being a wrestler that was sort of in his prime uh you know on top of the world slated for another world championship run uh and then just you know tragedy strikes and and you know it's it's just a, a, unfortunately a part of life that we've all had to deal with uh you know you heard my opening bell on on my football show uh i believe it was it was last week or the week before um you know that life is fragile and and i, I continue to stress Uh, the motto of everybody love everybody hashtag ELE and to normalize tell your friends that you love them Uh, except uh, PJ and I are not friends so I will not tell you that I love you Uh, having said that PJ uh, give us your your latest plug for Guardians Warlock I know we are still in the month of November so you're still practicing and writing music Uh, and I know you're trying to book some shows outside of the state of South Carolina Um, do you have any shows coming up in Charleston uh, South Carolina anytime in the month of December or maybe January booked up yet.
1: Uh, so I can't reveal too much, uh, but I will say there's a big show, um, December 18th, uh, in Charleston. Uh, that's going to be incredible. Uh, if you can make it down for that, man, I will put you up for the night because that match or excuse that match that, um, that show is going to be incredible. We're playing with two two uh, bands out of North Carolina that are just insane. Um, and, God, we don't even deserve to be on a bill with them. They're just so fantastic. But they're great friends of ours. And we played a couple years ago together and uh, really made it happen. So we're trying to do that again, capture that magic again. Um, I can't. There is something in the works that might come out on Wednesday, um, but I can't reveal it. Uh, I will get in trouble. So there is something fun coming out.
0: Well, make sure you're paying attention to the social media of Guardians Warlock uh, coming up in the near future. Some exciting things happening. Uh, And make sure that you go out and check out AEW's full gear from 2021, uh, which is what you just spent the last hour plus listening to us talk about. A really good show and a fun show to watch if you're a fan of traditional professional wrestling. Uh, For that being said, for this week's show, we are out of time. Stay tuned Wednesday for the next wrestling show. And stay tuned for a bonus episode where PJ Steven and I are going to be live live reviewing a classic episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. So for PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye. We'll
1: see you next time right here on Taphouse and Touchdowns.